A lot of times we make assumptions based on what we perceive to be the loyalty or the degree of loyalty that our prospects might have with their current partner or provider. That's Dan Lappin talking about the assumptions we make as sales professionals. In this conversation, we break down the most common assumptions and how they impact your interactions. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Let's jump in. I can think of four assumptions in particular that we make. Number one, we make assumptions about how people will respond. Number two, we make assumptions about what we think we know going into a conversation. Number three, we make assumptions about why people may not be responding to our follow-up. And lastly, number four, I think we make assumptions that other people may share our perspective. Dan, let's dive into this first one. We make assumptions about how people respond. What do you mean by that? We all know that the most important part of being a consultant advisor or um, a sales professional is the ability to listen and learn. The more you learn, the more likely you are to understand the perspective, the situation, or the environment that your prospect is in. And so that would lend itself, the more likely you would be to be able to help them in some kind of capacity. Learning is the priority. We also know, right, in order to learn, we have to get really good at asking questions. And we've talked about that here on the podcast. The challenge with assumptions is a lot of times people assume that they already know the answer that the prospect is going to give. So they don't bother asking the question. Or they assume that a particular question might upset or put the prospect off. And so they make the assumption, if I ask this question, I might upset them. And then if I upset the prospect, they're not going to like me. And if they don't like me, I may not get the second meeting. And if I don't get the second meeting, I have no chance of making the sale. It's like this chain reaction, all based on one simple assumption, which is they may not like this question. So making an assumption regarding the questions that you're asking, number one, obviously, and first and foremost, it limits your learning. Number two, it probably limits the trust too, because if you think about it, some of the most meaningful questions that we ask each other as human beings do develop trust. They tend to create a higher or deeper level of trust when you can really get into a deeper conversation with someone. And those deeper conversations always come about because of the depth of the meaningful questions that we ask. Dan, do you think that our attachment also limits our ability to ask those questions? You're spot on. If we get attached to an outcome, we will start to make assumptions that certain topics might be detrimental to the outcome that we're driving for. And so we start making these assumptions that we don't want to ask questions in this area or this area or this area, because if we start talking about those areas with the prospect, we may not get what we want, which is that second meeting. Do you have an example of this, of maybe a common way you've observed this coming through in conversations with various different salespeople? I think a lot of times we make assumptions based on what we perceive to be the loyalty or the degree of loyalty 
that our prospects might have with their current partner or provider. So if a prospect says, yeah, we like our current partner, or we've been serviced quite well by our current provider, we start to make assumptions of what that really means based on our own perceptions. That's very dangerous because at the end of the day, what we think that means could be completely different than what the prospect might be experiencing. And so that is a very detrimental area there of making an assumption. If someone says that they're, they feel an affinity or they enjoy their current partner or they like their partner or their partner has done well for them up to this point, you got to dive into it. Don't make any assumptions on what that means. And a lot of times I hear a very common response to that is, that's great. We'd want our clients to say the same thing about us. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those blah, 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 right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just very common. And again, that signals to your prospect that this is a very routine sales conversation. So how would you respond if you were in a sales conversation with a prospect and the prospect said, we're really happy with our current sales trainer. Wow. You're putting the pressure on right away. I know. Away. Did sorry. You, did, you, did you eat your Wheaties this morning? And had caffeine. Wow. All right. If someone says that to me, I'm, I'm just going to say, okay, I understand what you're saying. Could you share a little bit more right now? What makes you bring that up? I'm going to be very neutral and very engaging about it. I don't want that prospect to feel like I'm diving in and looking for something in particular because I'm not. I truly just want to understand why did they bring it up and then now what's on their mind. And at that point, they're going to start sharing things. And as they start sharing things, I'm going to stay in the present. I'm going to stay detached with high intent and abundance. And I'm going to keep asking questions and until I get an understanding of what their perspective is and why they said that. Yeah. And one thing I've observed in the calls that we've been on together, you don't take any word at face value. So words that I would typically just breeze right by and not pay any attention to, you make no assumptions about what that means to the other person. For example, if they say, we'd like an advisor who's proactive in their communication, we all have our own definition of what proactive means or what communication could entail. Those are ones that I've heard you dive deeper into. Yeah, there was a prospect call I had a couple weeks ago, and this executive was talking about his organization and how he felt that it was really important to continue to be top consultants in their space and that they needed to continue that process of developing as top consultants. I didn't understand, though, and I didn't know what he means by consultant. If you go down the line and you ask five different people a definition of consultant, there's a good chance you're going to get some similar answers, but you're also going to get five or so different nuances too. So I just asked him, I said, so if you can you share a little bit more though, what do you mean by consultant? And I just said, because your definition might be different than mine or different than others that I've worked with. And there was some silence. And then he said, a consultant has a lot of expertise a consultant is someone who knows when and where to share the expertise and they can deliver that at any point in time to the prospect or to the client. And so then I asked him another question. I said, what other attributes or skills do you think are important for a consultant to have? And after a little bit of conversation back and forth, we got to the point together on if you really want to be a good consultant, it's really about your listening first. Great consultants first and foremost, are great listeners. 
great segue into the second reason that we make assumptions based on what we think we know. And I think you gave a great example of not making assumptions on what we think we know because you were able to do more learning that way. Why do you think people make assumptions on what we think we know? When we make assumptions about what we think we know, it's a way to keep ourselves safe. We were able to keep ourselves in control. If we walk into a, a conference room and have a conversation, we walk into an environment that the conversation's already going on or whatever it might be, when we can make assumptions about what we think we know that is going on, it lets us feel like at least we're in control of what might be happening to a degree in front of us. When I'm doing conversation dissections with the advisors I coach, I will hear them. I'll ask questions. I'll do a lot of learning, figure out what they learned in their conversations. And I've been on the receiving end of this where you guys have asked me questions about my conversations. And I'll catch myself saying, I think blah, blah, blah. When you ask me questions about what the prospect said about this or how they answered this or did you ask about this? And I'll say, I think blah, blah, blah. And I'm totally making assumptions and if I go back to myself in those moments, it's because I feel like I have something to defend. I also think maybe it's also your confirmation bias in play, right? Because you spend an hour on the phone with someone maybe, and you worked hard in that hour to ask questions and learn. And now that the meeting's over and you've invested that time and energy, you might be connecting some dots in a particular way that allows you to feel good about the conversation and to feel good about the effort you put into it and maybe even feel good about the direction it went. So a little bit of that confirmation bias kicks in. Sure. And let's say we're doing a deal dissection and you're asking me questions and I'm starting to, to feel myself get defensive. I think a lot of times it feels like you're poking holes in the job I did, not you specifically, but Example, right? Hypothetical. You're, you might be poking holes in the job I did, but I think that's also in that moment me making assumptions about why you're asking me the questions. Could be. Here, here's a good example of us making assumptions. And so for our listeners, I want you to think about this one. We make assumptions about what we think we know. So you're at the end of the meeting, you've invested that hour you might have two or three pages of notes. Now you're gonna to turn to the prospect and you're gonna summarize and recap your notes, which means you're taking ownership then of next steps. And then you're gonna to look to the prospect and you're gonna say, did I get everything? Does that recap sound right? What would you like to do next? Or you might even say, should we schedule a second meeting? By you doing the recap, you're just making assumptions based on what you think you heard in this conversation or based on how you interpreted the interaction. You're not spending any time asking the prospect, what did they hear or what did they interpret? So to avoid that assumption at the end, turn to your prospect, have them recap first. Just go to your prospect and say, hey, we covered a lot today. Did anything stand out? Did anything resonate? If nothing did, that's fine. And then let the prospect respond. What you're going to find is this. I'd say about 30 to 40% of the time, that prospect's going to tell you something not in your notes and that they did not mention prior until that moment when you asked that question. 
And that is how dangerous making assumptions can be. Dan, this goes back to your fourth bullet point on the assumptions that we assume other people share the same perspective. So if I'm in that conversation and I'm taking my notes, I'm assuming that whatever's top of mind for you is what's coming out of your mouth and what I have in my notes. <laughs> but you could be processing something that we've talked about in a totally different way and connecting it to some other thing within your organization that I ask nothing about. Yeah, it's a really good point. We all have different experiences and we all have different standards. And we tend to filter information because of that in a very unique manner to ourselves based on our own preferences and our own learning. Prospects do the same thing. And so prospect might think something is A plus B. You might look at it as C plus D. And so you definitely have to spend time slowing down, making sure that you understand the perception and the perspective of your prospects on any of the topics that you might be discussing. So segue into why they don't respond to our follow-up. We just ended the meeting, say, the prospect says, you've given me a lot to think about. Let me reach back out to you in a couple weeks, or if you don't hear from me, you can follow up with me. We've had a couple scenarios like this recently where talking with a prospect and we agreed that next step would be another conversation. I can't remember exactly why we weren't able to schedule it at that moment in time, but I know there was conviction on their part and on my part to make sure that conversation was going to happen. Four weeks went by and I had not heard from that prospect. And I remember thinking to myself, huh, that's a little strange. And I did. I started making assumptions. So my first thought process was, okay, maybe they decided to hold off on this. That happens. And my second thought was, maybe they decided to go a different route because that happens too. And then I just caught myself and said, now, wait a minute, 90% of the assumptions that I've made in my life are not true. So I'm not going to waste energy and effort thinking about why have we delayed this next conversation? That prospect will reach out to me and connect with me when they're ready. And sure enough, it was like a week later, they reached out. And one of our most recent new clients that happened where, if you remember, Pam had these conversations and they said they needed to think about it. They needed to kind of review, assess where they were, take a look at all the different options that they had on training and that they'd reach out when they had more questions or when they were ready to explore further. I think that was like two months went by, but they reached out. So again, I think as sales professionals, you got to be careful from a scarcity and attachment standpoint that, listen, a lot of times your prospects are going to say, we'll get back to you in two or three weeks and it doesn't happen. Try not to allow your attachment to next steps or the scarcity about not getting next steps misplace your energy and your effort so that you start to worry about, oh my gosh, why haven't they responded or why aren't they reaching back out? And try not to then come up with those worst case scenarios in your mind about, well, they must have gone a different direction. Because a lot of times, most of the time, you're wrong. How do we try to break the habit of making assumptions? Kylie, I don't know if there's a universal process or rule on that. I, I know I can just speak from my own perspective. Number one, 
I really try to avoid assumptions because it's an energy suck. You start making assumptions about why somebody said something or you know, why they haven't responded. It's just endless pit of energy you throw at it. And like I said earlier, more often than not, 90% of the time, the assumptions that you're making are completely off and wrong. Waste of time. I hate that feeling. And so for me, I always just try to remind myself that most assumptions aren't true. And in every scenario that I would be making an assumption, I can't control that outcome anyways. So I am truly wasting time and effort in an area that I don't control as well. I remind myself of those two things. And I'm not perfect at it by any means, but it does help me pull back from that wasted energy down that assumption vacuum, I'll call it. No, that's good. And it's a skill in emotional intelligence called reality testing, where it's just asking ourselves, one, what's real? So what do I know for sure? And then to your point, what can I control here? Yeah, I like that. I do. I'd probably also add to our listeners, when you're attached and you're scarce, you'll end up making a lot more assumptions too. So if you find yourself making assumptions about a conversation or a particular deal that you're working on or that you're experiencing, it's probably because you're attached and you're scarce. And that should tell you that you need to pull back, pause and detach so you can try to regain that present perspective on the situation. Kylie, at the end of the day, assumptions are the red flag for you knowing that you've become attached or scarce during a conversation or during a deal. So how do you tap into your abundance in those moments? I just remind myself it's wasted energy and I'm throwing energy at something that no matter how much energy I throw at it, I'll never be able to control it. One thing I always remind myself is what's meant for me will be mine. So you're saying to yourself, you can't control it, so you're going to let it go. And it's the old adage, if it was meant to be, it'll happen. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I get that. One other thing I always tell myself too is that I can't lose something I don't have. Yes, I like that one. I, I know that one can be hard though. When you're competitive and you're feeling very driven, you can just feel it and taste it and all that. Learning just to pull yourself back a little bit. Exactly. Dan, what do you want our listeners to walk away from this episode with? Number one, assumptions limit our learning. Number two, assumptions are a complete waste of energy. And number three, assumptions take us out of our ability to be neutral. And then I think to wrap all that up, if you think about all three of those, assumptions limit the conversations and then they limit our ability to truly help that prospect objectively then debate change. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Sales. For our listeners, we've got a special upcoming event. We are doing another six-part prospecting webinar series starting on May 5th. We're going to be limiting the seats to 30 participants. If you'd like to join us, go ahead and register at lapin180.com slash 180 prospecting. For more information or to find out about other upcoming webinars, email us at breakingsales at lapin180.com. Kylie out.
All right. Do we have another episode? 